Hey, let's go. Welcome, friends. This is Patrick Steenberge, your host today for this podcast. I'm the founder and president of Global Football, and I'm visiting today with retired Colonel Bart Weiss. Bart, where do I find you today? Hey, uh, Patrick, I'm uh, isolated here at uh, actually in my office. At, uh, uh, I'm an athletic director down here in Naples, Florida. At the Community School of Naples, a place I've gotten to know very well. Hey, Correct. Bart, just for background on, on people who, you know, may not know you intimately. And I've, you know, I've gotten to know you over the last few years. But Bart grew up in Naples and then attended the United States Air Force Academy, had a stellar career both academically in leadership and on the football field where he was a Heisman Trophy finalist, a runner-up to the Davy O'Brien Award, uh, the first guy to ever run and throw for 1,000 yards each at the academy, and then went on to something even greater, a 30-year career in the United States Air Force. Bart, let me, you've done a lot of things in your young life thus far, but tell me about maybe a leadership challenge that you can think back to, whether it was high school, college, Air Force. See if you can just tell us a little story about a, a leadership challenge that you recall. Yeah, uh, you know, one comes to mind, uh, and it was, I was about to, uh, I was lieutenant colonel at the time in the in the Air Force, and uh, I was in Spokane, Washington, uh, in the state of Washington, uh, at Fairchild Air Force Base, and this was in 2002, so we just came out of 9-11, and we decided to start up OIF and OEF, and I got selected to go out in the middle of the Indian Ocean to command a unit uh, of, of tankers, that's KC-135 refueling tankers, um, and refueling uh, both B-52s and um, B-2 bombers. Uh, the unique thing was uh, I had to actually get a staff together, set it up, um, haul whatever we needed. And we had about, a you know, two or three days to do this, uh, mm -hmm. get us all, all the way across the world in the middle of a, a small <laughs> island. And, uh, Diego Garcia is what it's, its name and it's owned by sure. the, uh, the United Kingdom and uh, set up uh, not only the correct personnel that I needed, but also we had to design tracks up and down the Indian Ocean and and come up with code words and 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 pass those along to the people we were uh, refueling. Uh, so uh, the clear traffic over the radio, you couldn't tell where we were at at any one time. And on top of that, my daughter had just been born, and so she was not even thirty days old when I had to leave. Oh my! Um, the uh, the 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 good thing is. Um, uh, I finally made it back about seven or eight months later because they actually froze me in place in, in the Indian Ocean. Um, and we ended up uh, providing some vital air refueling to, to, to those bomber guys who were actually relieving. And, and you'll you'll know this, uh, Patrick, because uh, your son's uh, in the military and, and one of those guys on the ground that, that are in unique positions. So we were giving vital support to those guys that were trying to really uh, do their best on the ground to 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 kind of uh, take the enemy down where, where they lived in those caves. Wow. That's, I had not heard that story, but uh, that's, that's incredible. you talk about, you didn't have much of a preseason, did you? You went, you went right into game time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that, so as you reflect back and, and you, you know, in the old days, of course you, you did two a days and, and high school football and, and college football, as you know, playing at Notre Dame is, is, is a level above that and everybody's good and, and you got to, you got to keep working, right? And you got to keep prepared because, uh, you know, 
I was I was a, a backup quarterback my, my sophomore year at the Air Force Academy and 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 sure enough had I not kept prepared and studied the game plan and kept in the game uh, I then got a chance to, of course start and went up starting my, my junior senior year but I reflected a lot back on those times and the coaches I had uh, coach Ken Hatfield which which are, are big names in, in college football but they taught me a lot more about what prepared me in the military to do what I did in the Indian ocean than, than, you know, throwing a football. Sure. Hey, take us back to uh, growing up in Naples and going to high school there. Were there any mentors, coaches, leaders that you can think back on that it really set you on a good course at that point? Yes, I think, uh, well, actually both uh, uh, the teachers I had in high school here in Naples were phenomenal. Um, and, and, and of course the coaching staffs and, and, you know, the main coach that, that really put me at the academy was uh, he's now my father-in-law, Roy Terry. Uh, he was my head football coach. Um, and his dad was chief of chaplains of the Air Force uh, uh, back in the day and, and started out in World War II. But anyway, he he kind of got me connected to the Air Force Academy. And from there, um, you know, Chan Gailey recruited me to go to the academy. So when I went to the academy, at the academy on that football staff was Ken Hatfield, Fisher to Barry, uh, Fred Goldsmith, Chan Gailey, Charlie Weatherby, um, Jim Grove. So I was really, really fortunate to have a, a string of all of those guys went on to be head coaches and uh, some in the NFL, of course, Chan Gailey yeah. uh, of note. Um, so uh, going back to how I got to the academy is, is as big a part of preparing me for eventually uh, a career in the Air Force, which, by the way, I never really thought about having a career. I mean, if you don't know Naples, there's not a whole lot of military bases down mm -hmm. here. So uh, I kind of grew up in a little bit of a bubble. But um, when I got there, I ended up, of course, graduating academy. I, I spent a year coaching as a lieutenant, coaching football. And then I went on to pilot training. And from there, I just, uh, you, you know, I, I got I got to Charleston Air Force Base and flew 141s and, and did special ops for a while, working with, with uh, the Navy SEALs and, and, and some other interesting people. Um, uh, but going back, I, I probably wouldn't have gotten through pilot training and, and gotten through those different airplanes and certainly uh, not had the leadership opportunities had it, had it not been for um, my coach in high school as well as the coaches at the academy. Yeah, every, everybody I talk with throughout my life and, and through these podcasts you know, that have been involved in athletics and, and military, the both can draw the similarities. I mean, there, there's no uh, denying that the preparation when you were at the Academy uh, and a lot of people, I, you know, as I got to know you, I had to dig back. And by the way, we got to know each other. What about 2015 through a mutual friend, uh, Mike Whalen, who introduced us. And then you took your, your CSN school over to Ireland with us in 2016 to play as part of the big uh, Boston college, Georgia tech weekend. Can you recount something about that? Oh yeah, what a great experience! Uh, you know, community school in Naples is is a very high academic uh, private school, and 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 send one hundred percent of our kids off to schools, and I mean top twenty eight, top thirty schools in the nation. Um, part of part of their vision here is is let's get some kids global experiences. So um, I thought hard and long uh, when we talked initially. Hey, we have a lot of kids that go to Germany, they go to Spain, they go to Italy, they go all over the world. And they, and they take a two or three week global exchange program. Well, if you're a student athlete, you really can't be pulled out of your sport and go do that. Right. So I sat down with the head of school and said, hey, um, I, 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 I talked to this interesting guy, 
Patrick, and, and we've got an opportunity here to, to kind of double down and, and, and get the best of all worlds together. We'll take our football team and our cheerleaders, and, and we'll go over to Ireland. We'll play a football game, but, you know, every day we'll, we'll take a tour. Uh, we'll do study hall. We'll practice. And, and then at the end of the week, uh, we'll play a football game on a Friday night and share some of our values with, with the people in Dublin. Uh, but also give our kids a chance to experience a global experience that, that quite frankly, they wouldn't have an opportunity to do. Yeah, you guys grasped, you grasped the idea pretty quickly when we started talking about it, and it, it fit right into the Community School in Naples uh, methodology. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, Patrick, I'll tell you, and, and you know this, I, and I kept bugging you about, hey, what other teams can we send? So, yeah. so at, at, at present, we, we're now on our second go of going back to Ireland for the Notre Dame Navy game. Yep. And uh, we're going to play the Kent School from Connecticut, which is a really similar school to us in all facets. Um, but more importantly, we got our volleyball team to go to Italy, I think, about a year ago. Yep. Um, and then uh, we did send a soccer team to Spain. We're, we're, uh, we have plans to uh, uh, try to get our lacrosse guys going next year. Um, wherever you guys think it's best, whether that's Spain or Italy, uh, but but uh, it's really caught on here, and it's now become part of the curriculum, so to speak, with with the school. Yeah, it's uh, it's a special program that you guys are, are jumping in with. And we we're, we enjoy working with you on that. So the only bone I've got to pick with you after getting to know you for about five years is you had four pretty darn good days uh, against my boys from Notre Dame when you were at the Air Force Academy in the mid-'80s. Yeah. You yeah. I, I think if you check the years. record, I, I think one record I saw was um, I think us and Michigan were the only teams to beat Notre Dame four years in a row. I, I think if I, I think that was a, 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 big, a big kind of kudo fact coming out of the Air Force Academy. But, again, um, those four years, and that was, you know, 82 through 85 football seasons – um, and, and twice was at Notre Dame. I mean, we yeah. played you guys two times there. And, and um, I can remember the scouting report uh, for those people out there listening and, and for those parents and those kids who, who want to go to college and play athletics, don't get, you know, sidetracked by what you hear. So we, the scouting report said Notre Dame had 58 parade All-Americans. Air Force Academy did not have one parade All-American. So we still went in and, and beat them. That, uh yeah, that, that exemplifies something there. Talk, talk about that a little bit. Your 1985 year, and, you know, you, you guys were 12-1, and one, ranked number four yeah. in the country. You know, you're a Heisman finalist. You come to Fort Worth as the runner-up of the Davey O'Brien as an option quarterback. That had to be, like you said, you didn't have any parade All-Americans there. Tell us about the team uh, that had to be put together that, that had to go out and, and be that successful. I, yeah, I just think it was a special group of guys, uh, the 85 team, uh, you know, notable uh, Terry Mackey, who I, I think won, um, he won the Lombardi Award his senior year, and he was he was a year behind me. Uh, he was also a heavyweight wrestler at 250 pounds. So he, he was from Libby, Montana, he grew up, you know, in, in, in a small rural community. Uh, his family was, you know, Christmas tree farmers. Uh, Chad Hennings, of course, who won the Outland and went out oh, yeah. to the Dallas Cowboys to win several, several um, Super Bowl uh, rings. Um, Scott Thomas who was, was was a Walter Camp All American free safety, and in fact, Scott uh, was one of those guys who he was an F sixteen guy, flew fighters in, in the first Gulf War, and actually uh, got shot down. And in his story of getting shot down, he reflected back on those days of beating Notre Dame and playing football and toughing it out, and that got him through 
the ejection, getting on the ground, having to having to evade and, and, and not get captured by the Iraqi Iraqi force. So uh, Pat Malakowski is another. And, and by the way, off that team is interesting. I think we had about uh, uh, 10 or 11 guys go on to be general officers in the Air Force, which is really a phenomenal statistic. Yeah, that that means a lot more than uh, the guys that went on to the NFL, which which are pretty amazing. I've gotten to know Chad Hennings when he was a, a cowboy and shortly after. What a what a great man he is for the community, for everybody he's been. Talk about at the academy, and this may be, you know, in football or something else, but your days are tough. Your weeks are long. You you know, you have to overcome adversities. I mean, that's what they do for you at the academy. They they want to throw up adversities. Can you recall an adversity at the academy that you were like, man, I don't know how I can get through this, but but you did? Yeah, you know, I you came out of high school, and all of us did. We come out of high school, um, really good test scores on your SATs and ACTs, and and you know, normally everybody at the academy is a, is a top ten person in their class in their graduating class in high school. In fact, my roommate was was valedictorian out of six hundred thirty five kids. So uh, you get there and you're thrown into this elevated environment not only you know i'm trying to make a football squad but also you're trying to battle every day in the classroom and and so my adversity really was 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 trying to make it day to day because as a freshman you don't get a break i don't care who you are but you know you're getting up at probably 4 30 in the morning um you're doing required chores or, or things you have to do for the squadron and then um, you have to learn a book of knowledge, and, and that can be tested at any point during the day. Um, even during meal times, the pressure still is on you. I mean, you're you're sitting there at attention trying to eat your meal, and and and, and upperclassmen can can throw current events at you. And, and so I'm worried about you know taking a a, a thermodynamics test, and, and yet I got to answer you know what's the price of gold that day, and what, what what happened over the Middle East, and and so as you go through each day, and then by the way, you get through lunch. And, and you have another class in the afternoon and then you head down to practice football for, yeah. for four or five hours. So my adversity was quite frankly, trying to make it through that and get a battle rhythm, which, which goes to, I think life lessons of uh, every, every student athlete out there ought to learn how to balance their life. And, and certainly at the Academy that teaches you very well, because what they want to do is throw so much at you. They understand you can't do everything. They're going to overload you to a point where, Hopefully they uncover a weakness or you fail at something because the idea is they want you to uncover that weakness. So, you know what that is fail there when, when no one's going to die. So when you get on active duty, you've gone through a myriad of different exercises. You've gone through how it feels to be over overloaded, overstressed, and more importantly, what's your strengths and weaknesses. So when you do become an officer in command of a unit, and, and for me, it was a flying unit, but that could apply everywhere. Um, that you're able to put together a team that mirrors what you need to not only balance your life, but to balance your staff out. And, and so uh, you need a guy that's, uh, you know, more organized in this than, than what you are in that. And, and so that really taught me how to uh, really develop that kind of rapport with not only the people I chose to, to work with me and, and below me, but also uh, in the real scheme of life, as you know, Patrick, I mean, you're going to run into coaches um, that you may not agree with and, and that it's really hard to get through a practice. Well, guess what? That happens in life too. Well, you know, you, I had people over me sometimes, commanders over me that, boy, they had some good traits, but they had some, some, some quasi bad traits. And so I learned from that as well. A, I had to learn to get along with the people around me and my commander, but also put that all together and almost uh, 
kind of perfect a recipe for, okay, when I get in a position where I can command people, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to act. This is who I'm going to surround myself with. And, and that was, you know, I, I think that goes back to, geez, when, when you're a freshman in high school, uh, having never played football like I didn't until I was a freshman in high school, uh, you know, I had, had a lot of things coming at it. It was a fire hose effect. <laughs> you know, they, you talk about with quarterbacks, you always hear coaches talk about, you got to have command of the, of the huddle, that little term. And as you were talking about your commands in the Air Force, uh, that, that kind of struck me. You commanded the offense through those great years at the Air Force Academy, and then you went on, you know, into, into the real service. What was, uh, as you look back on, talk about a couple of things that you're most proud of from your 30 years uh, in the Air Force. You don't jump in and suddenly become a colonel, right? You, you had to work. Yeah, no, up, you don't. It, it, it definitely, again, goes back to what you learn is, hey, put the work in, be a hard worker, have a good work ethic. Um, value those kids around you, those, those people around you, your teammates, understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. So um, as you kind of, as I plotted my way through, um, certainly as a brand new lieutenant, I, I was immediately thrown in, in in 1989, the invasion of Panama. Um, and, and I, you know, I was, geez, I was a co-pilot, didn't know much. And all of a sudden I'm in a 20 ship formation and we're leading a formation down there and we're going to go take, take over an airfield in Panama. Um, so, uh, instantly I knew what I had to do, my job. And then that gave me a great opportunity to learn from some, some older pilots that, that in my unit at the time. And so as I carried that forward, I, I kind of went from there and stepping stone into, I was really fortunate to uh, not command, but I, but I got selected to go fly air force one and air force two under the Clinton Gore administration. Um, that was a unique experience in and of itself. Uh, I came out of that and uh, uh, you know, eventually got back into flying after a Pentagon tour, which by the way, you know, I'm a pilot and they threw me in the Pentagon and now I'm, I'm writing policy and I'm doing, you know, budgeting for a, a billion over a billion dollars of, of air force money, which, you know, I'm not an accountant, but uh, you learn quickly who in there is, are your, are your good guys and who you can count on. Um, and then eventually uh, they sent me to army war college for a year. Uh, and I did that and, and, and came out of that and, and instantly, uh, put me back into a situation where I was in uh, Wichita, Kansas. And I, I remember getting there in June or July of 08. And by, uh, geez, by that September, October, um, they had selected me to go over to Turkey where I had to deploy. I, I was an 06 a colonel at that time and live in Turkey um, by myself. And they said, here you go. You have all the airlift in the whole Mideast um, area. So, uh, I had planes at IUD Air Force Base. I had uh, in Bagram. I had planes in uh, Kuwait. So I had to figure out how to geographically get all these people going the direction we needed to go. And uh, really similar to the situation we're in now, right? You had to, you, everybody's working from home. Everybody's trying to do online stuff. Well, I had to figure out, I can't be at all those bases at one time. So I had to figure out how to set up telephone conferences and, 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 and figure out, okay, which guys I needed to do what. And then every once in a while I, I could get out on the road and actually fly those missions into Afghanistan with them and some other things. So that to me, um, I don't know, that was kind of a, a, a really speedy way to, to, to kind of answer your question, but I, I don't know if that helps or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A few different things, Panama, Kansas, the <laughs> Pentagon, Bagram Air Force Base. <laughs> Just, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, and again, very fortunate, like you said, going back to being in the program, growing up in Naples, Florida, where, you know, my dad had served uh, uh, at the tail end of World War II as an enlisted, uh, as a draftee enlisted, and, and then again, back, got called back during the Korean conflict. Um, but he was also, uh, he went to your school, he, he was a graduate of Notre Dame. Um, so he kind of went in and out of Notre Dame over a period of about five to seven years and then finally mm-hmm. graduated when he came back. Um, so uh, I, I can remember <laughs> playing high school football and I got recruited by, you know, I, I was really probably more of an Ivy League. You know, Dartmouth had looked at me. Uh, yeah. Alabama Alabama had looked at me because I was a wishbone quarterback in high school. And that, yep. that, that kind of is a, is a learned skill and, 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 and pretty valuable to certain schools. And Bear Bryant had said, hey, you know, you can come up here and play, but but you'll probably have to be a walk on. And, and, and Notre Dame, in fact, told me I'd never play quarterback anywhere. So, right. uh, you know, it, it's funny how how some some things in life come back full circle. And and to me and what I'm, I would like people to take out of this is, hey, you ought to take those uh, those non-confident things and turn them into something that, that really gives you a burning desire to succeed. Boy, isn't, isn't that true as we get older? Uh, you know, it's we don't have total control over our lives. You know, yes. we, we try to get into position, be ready to, uh, Era's mantra was always adjust with poise. You know, we have to be ready to adjust and running that uh, that wishbone. <laughs> That's what that was all about, right? Reading what comes at you. Yeah. Um, among your, as you were coming up through the ranks, I imagine there were a few mentors, you know, a few leaders, generals, colonels who, you know, who really impressed upon you, who's, you know, kind of took you under their wing or maybe were especially tough on you, but, but got you better at something. Tell us, tell us a quick story about somebody like that. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny uh, what you remember and what you, so I did have various colonels and and generals and and, and one general light who ended up uh, Arthur Light became a, he's a retired four star. He he was head of air mobility command at one point, but um, early on when, when I got a, I, I came back from the Indian Ocean and General Light called me and said, hey, by the way, I need you to get to England uh, within the next couple months because you got to take command of a squadron, flying squadron there. And, and so I, I hurried up. We, we packed up and, and we flew out and, and all my kids were really small. I mean, my, they were all three kids under the age of six at that time. Um, and so we kind of fled over to England uh, outside of London. It was Mildenhall Air Force Base, uh, RAF Mildenhall. And uh, my 06 commander, the colonel uh, who was in charge of me at the time, um, I kind of got forced on him. So uh, he, uh, Colonel Benson was, was, hey, I didn't hire you. You kind of can't, you got throw, thrown in here. So that was a really tougher thing for me to handle initially because here I was thinking I was, hey, getting promoted to take command of a job. And, and, and I had a, a senior officer over me that was pretty hard on me and saying, Hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this, right. The, the, the previous guy kind of failed and we had to get rid of him. And so you have a lot to work on and I'm going to help you. And so now I'm in a situation where, okay, do I, do I kind of just take his help and, and regurgitate everything he wants or, or can I work with him and say, Hey, I'd like to do stuff a little bit differently than that. So that was a really tough battle for me, but I learned, as much, if not more, out of that experience than had somebody sat me down and, and said, hey, walk me through the steps of how to be a commander and stuff. So sometimes you're right. It's it's about you don't know until you get thrown into the fire how you're going to how, how are you going to perform. And, and a lot of that goes back to your 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 ability to prepare. Right. So. Um, right. Right. 
I can remember Coach DeBerry always telling us, you know, um, if if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. And that, you know, yes. he started off every quarterback meeting um, with that kind of saying, you know. And again, it had nothing to do with X's and O's of playing football, but it had everything to do with hopefully you guys go out. I know you're going to serve our country and do good things, but but maybe one of these one of these things I throw at you every day is going to help you through a bad situation. Yeah, that's every coach that I can think back of, and I'm sure the same, the ones that you didn't always like them every day. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. But you but, but you're right. But 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 it's necessary. Right. I mean, there's there's yeah. there's some necessary um, value, I guess, is a good way to put it in in not agreeing with people, but having to work with them. And and I and I will tell you one more story which relates here. I mean, community school in Naples now. I'm a, uh, you know, retired retired colonel from the Air Force was the deputy athletic director of the academy. I took a little bit of a hiatus, come down here and and watch my kids grow up and go to school. And and, and so they put me on the senior leadership pact here at the school. And and now uh, we've had two instances where it's a senior leadership team. It's called the SLT. Where we had, of course, Hurricane Irma hit us hard in seventeen, and uh, that team showed up. You know, for you know, everything was destroyed around here. Schools were out just like they are now. But as opposed to a, a virus, we had the enemy of trying to rebuild the school, rebuild the infrastructure, get us back to school as soon as we could because people were at home ready to come back to school. And that team and what I learned in the Air Force of being on emergency action squads and teams and and, and, and investigating, you know, uh, uh, accidents that happen in airplanes, uh, that the team the the team here reminds me a lot of what I went through in the Air Force. And sure enough, we had Irma and now we have, you know, this this deadly virus, which now we're meeting twice a week and and trying to go through the motion of, OK, how are we doing distance learning? How are kids? How are we keeping kids engaged? How are we keeping our student athletes engaged when you yeah. know no one can practice, no one can play? So that's a tough thing. Well, the uh, the community there is is fortunate to have a guy with your experience uh, to be in, to be there at, at these times. Tell me uh, a little bit about you, about your family. I know you mentioned your your three kids, and we followed your son played over in Ireland with us in in 2016. To, Give us an update on your family, Bart. Yeah, so uh, of course everybody's home. So my, uh, uh, actually, my, I have a uh, an older son that works at oil fields in Colorado, and he just got uh, done doing that. So he's he's on his way back here, but he's thirty years old. But my, uh, you're talking to Cooper, uh, who's at Fordham actually uh, right now on a football scholarship. So he's going into his senior year next year. Of course, Fordham, uh, right in the heart of New York City and in, in the Bronx. Um, he got he got here. Uh, really the early, early part of March. So that Fordham made a, a great decision to, Hey, everyone get out of here and, and go, go back to where you're from. So he's been with us now since early March, my other son, um, Parker, who also played football, didn't, wasn't on that team that went to Ireland, but he's actually a basketball player at Iona and uh, on scholarship yeah. there. And they just hired Rick Patino. Of course, uh, he got sent home. They, of course, basketball got cut off right in the middle of uh, all their conference championships. So, so both of them are home doing workouts outside every day, keeping up with their school. Uh, so Parker was uh, was in Iona and luckily had made it out because New Rochelle, as you know, was pretty much one of the hardest hit initially and, and are, are trying to probably get through that. But so they're both at home. And then I got my daughter, who's a junior in high school. And of course, she uh, um, she'll end up, I think, here having about 16 varsity letters all said and done when she gets done with her senior year. She She's played golf, volleyball. Uh, she's the catcher in softball. She throws the disc and the shot. 
um, and, and, and of course plays um, guard and basketball. So uh, we're all trying to do our best to everybody. So at any one time this week, I, and my wife, of course, um, who, who my, my father-in-law, of course, is her dad. Uh, she, she grew up here in Naples. She's an online professor. And so at any one time in our house uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've had four different people online doing their own thing. I mean, Fordham's doing stuff with Cooper. Iota's <laughs> doing stuff with, with Parker. And, of course, the school, community school in Naples, is doing uh, uh, Olivia's stuff because she's got three or four different AP classes. And then my wife's online as a supervisor and trying to direct everybody uh, online to, to get everything done with Western Governors University. That's uh, it's too bad you don't have any athletes in your family. <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah. The good thing Nobody is, that, you know, the good thing is in times like this, that keeps them busy. I mean, they, they have a good regiment going, so they'll they'll wake up. Um, uh, we, we do breakfast together. They all go online. And then and after that, they all go outside. And, and uh, there's some phenomenal outdoor workout stuff, which kind of a, is an, had been a lost art with all the, the strength and conditioning things we see today. You know, all the schools have some great weight room facilities. But, you know, when you close those things down, you kind of go back to, I, I think, and, and you'll remember this name, Herschel Walker, which I had met at the yeah. Heisman Club, um, him and Doug Flutie. And, and I remember Herschel telling me that, you know, he never lifted a weight in his life. He grew up in a rural part of Georgia and, and kind of had to do push-ups and sit-ups. And that's how he got into shape. <laughs> yep, it still, that still works. Hey, we've got, uh, I think, a lot of students, a lot of student-athletes listening to these podcasts. Give uh, for somebody out there just overall, how about a couple words of uh, of leadership that you can recommend to, to young men and women who maybe are looking for a little guidance today? Yeah, I would say um, first and foremost, uh, um, work hard. You know, there, there's no substitute. Everybody can work hard. You know, there, there's different abilities, athletic abilities. Some people jump real high, run real fast, throw a ball. Um, at the end of the day, I think coaches, and, and you'll know this, Patrick, as well as I do, they're looking for, hey, do you have heart? Do you have good work ethic? Or are you a good leader? And that means not only are you a good leader in, in terms of taking the reins when you have to, but also being a good follower. And I think that's often lost in our society these days is, hey, it's okay for you to learn to take direction and be a good follower and work hard. And, and what you do day in and day out in practice and outside of practice is going to reflect on your team, on your school, on your parents, on your background. Uh, and so I, I would say working hard, there's no substitute for, for hustling, working hard and, and always being prepared. And in times like this, where if you're just trying to sit back and say, gosh, I can't do anything about this. Look, we have this horrible virus. I'm stuck at home. Well, no, no, there's, there's stuff you can do. Get outside. You don't have to be in a group. You, you can run. You can, you can do push-ups and sit-ups. You, you can push yourself and, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, no one's going to push yourself harder than, than you. And, and, and I think that's the quality that these young student athletes have to know that, hey, when you go off to college or when you graduate college and you know, your parents are still there for you, but you have to have that intensity, that internal desire, that burning desire to, to, to reflect back and, and say, you know, I'm going to push through this. I'm going to do whatever I can to, to give me an advantage. And, and, and that means right now. There's probably lots of kids out there just sitting and kind of saying, whoa, it's me. Whereas, whereas you got to be one of those people to say, Hey, I got to go do something on my own. I, I, I can't sit around and, and, and take this, you know, cause at the end of the day, um, you know, you're going to be in a situation 
way on down the line in your job or in your family or whatever uh, that's going to require you to take a step forward and, and, and really um, shine as a leader. And, and a lot of that is, is your character that you developed as, as you're playing whatever sport it is or, or whatever you're doing in school or club president of the Spanish club or whatever it is. Um, I, I think hard work and, and being a good team member is going to benefit you more than anything else. Colonel Bart Weiss, thank you so much for joining us here today. And to everybody out there, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, feel free to share it with your friends, send them to Spotify or other sources to find it. And you led me right into the perfect uh, ending to this. Hey, everybody out there, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) All right.